Welcome back to the show, guys. Thanks for joining us for today's episode, the sideline story of Brent Varga. Although not a household name, Brent Varga, the Hungarian international from Mount Druitt, has one of the more unique rugby league stories to tell. Recorded in our Western Sydney brewery studio with all the birds and all the bees setting that vintage tone that you all love, we delve right into Varga's footy upbringing. Starting off as a tall, lanky fullback coming through the rough and tough Penrith Panthers junior system, converting to the enemy code in rugby union as a winger for the Penrith Emus shoot shield team, before coming full circle, making a return to the greatest game of all, flipping the scripts to become Hungary's 47th international test player. When Varga shares what it meant to him to represent the Maja Bulls, Hungary's international rugby league team, in front of his grandmother, with the sudden realisation of the magnitude wearing that jersey was to him and his family, it truly brings out his passion and love for the game, and is personally my favourite part of his story. Some may argue that other parts are better, like the shoulder injury Varga sustains where the doctor thinks it is worse than a T-bone car crash, or the time Varga lines up against Australian Wallaby Kirtley Beal and gets absolutely humbled, or the time where Varga met Newtown and Western Suburbs halfback Tommy Radonikus and relayed how much of a legend that man truly was. Guys, gear up for this one. Brent Varga's sideline story, like I said earlier, is one of the more unique rugby league tales you'll ever come across. And just before we get into it, guys, thank you all for your support this past year in our first season of the podcast. It is particularly great to be back doing these sideline story interviews post-COVID, so keep an eye out for more of them this off-season. You're listening to The Sideline Story, the platform for all rugby league identities to voice their journey. Their sideline story. Stewart chose the dummy. Now Ricky Stewart's on his own. He's up to the halfway. He's waiting for Eddie Housen. He's got the ball. Eddie Housen with him. They can go to the knee. Up with a down charge. They can score. Down the block. Andrew Scott. Inside the goal. Sideline Story Rugby League Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clark. Joining with me today is Daniel Tassone. And on our episode is our guest, Brent Varga. How are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Great to be here. Varga, Daniel and I really appreciate you coming on the show today to share your sideline story. You are our first Rugby League international guest on the show. How does that make you feel? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm excited. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first of all, how's the Rusty Penny going down, mate? Beautiful. Uh, I've got the, the Power James here, and it is, a, it is an easy drink to have. Mate, the best. All right. Mate, let's take it right back to the beginning. How does a baby, Varga, born on the 26th of February 1986 in Mount Druitt, go on to become the 47th person to represent the Hungarian National Rugby League team? Um, yeah, it's, it's a... It's an odd story because it was one that never really started off with that uh, 
aspiration, especially with the family. Like my family, uh, my mum's side, she's a second generation um, Australian. Her parents are both from Hungary. And my father was one when he came out here, just, just over one. Uh, and both his um, family members, sorry, his side of the family is also Hungarian. So that basically qualifies me to play for Hungary to start with. And um, my understanding is, according to the rules, that even involves, so my sons can also play uh, for Hungary and they'll be the last ones. The but, grandparent rule. The grandparent yeah. rule, yeah. So, yeah, so they... So your mum wasn't born, your mum was born here, yeah? Yeah, yeah, mum okay. was born here. And, dad, and your dad was one? Yeah, just a bit over one, yeah, okay. yeah. So, yeah, they came here via Switzerland and you know, fled the, the commies. Uh, is that yeah. right? Yeah. What yeah. year are we talking Oh, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> so maybe like, it would have been 19... Oh, jeez. No, I'm actually... I can't... I don't want to late say 50s, it. I'll be wrong. Yeah, yeah, more late 50s. Yeah. So were you born into a rugby league family? Um, no. So uh, my... So, yeah, it's, it's hard because they, my family's pretty athletic, like pretty sporty. My dad was... Um, he played some footy in primary school for De La Salle, um, you know, boys. And then he also... You know, I loved his soccer, um, and um, they they all the family sort of supported you know the the St George Budapest side out at um, near Cogra there, and um, my dad also was a keen tennis player. My mum was an equestrian rider actually; she loved the horses, and uh, you know also was pretty good at athletics. And my my sister was actually a national sprinter, so she was pretty good. Was she really? Yeah, all she right. yeah she well, competed in nationals for sprinting. Yeah, so not bad. She was a two hundred meter. Um, I think specialist was mainly her thing, and um, so we always we were always around sport or being physically active or outdoors. But no, rugby league, to be honest, was never really a part of the the family, um, you know, weekend thing. So, <clears throat> you were obviously into athletics. Who went better? Oh, my sister. Obviously, your time would have been better. But... <laughs> uh, to be honest, though, um, dedication like my sister. Like, you know, you wouldn't know it now, like, you know, because her, she's now into the art world, but um, she was ruthless. Like, she trained hard and did not like to lose, and she was she was pretty good. She, she could beat me um, when I was, you know, the age gap of, like, 18 months. She could still beat me in the events. I don't know about if I kept training, but she was she was quick. She was right. very good. Yeah. What are we talking, like, 100 for you? Uh, I was sub, so I was 11. I, I was 11, um, flat. I never actually broke That's the quick. 10. Yeah. That is quick. Yeah. Yeah. So I never broke the 10. And then, um, and that was in high school. And then I stopped training, you know, maybe when I was about 15. Mm. Yeah. So I wasn't slow, but I wasn't uh, lightning fast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 11's good. Yeah. <laughs> so which club did you support growing up? Um, so. Growing up, like I said, football wasn't really part of the family thing. Uh, but because my mother's side of the family was, uh, she was, they grew up in Alawa. So, um, you know, down the road, Cogra Stadium, Moka Jubilee. And um, they actually went down and watched the games and then they would, you know, get involved with it all. So the only introduction really to footy that I had um, was through them. And I reckon I watched more games with my Najma, so my grandma, than I did with my dad. Uh, yeah, and um, I remember one day my dad took me down to watch. Um, so we lived in Young for a couple of years in the country, and he took me down to watch um, Canberra play. And I remember, like you know, this, this is like the heyday of of Canberra. Like so, you know, Laurie, Mal, um, yeah, everyone was there, and Sticky. I was yeah, yeah, everyone was was playing, and they played an exhibition match actually of Oztag before that game. Is that right? Yeah, really? Is <laughs> yep. that right? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Oztag even been a thing. Ninety two started. <laughs> yeah. So. 
Well, that's been, that's been the beginning. It was the beginning, yeah. yeah. And sure. um, yeah, and they were running around playing some Oztag. And I remember all I was thinking as a kid, I remember this and feeling bad now as an adult, but I was just nagging my dad for a flag. That's all I wanted. I didn't care about the game. I just was watching all these kids waving the flag around. And my dad just, you could tell, he was just like, here, let's go get a flag. Half an hour later, my, my poor dad, I reckon, missed half the game. And, you yeah. know, I don't even know the result of it. But that's basically my intro to rugby league. And then, um, but then it sort of died off all the way until later on in my life when. You know, I started hanging around some of my mates from high school who actually talked about it. Is that a fact? Yep. So you would have been what six, seven? Yeah. When you were going to games? Yeah, and then uh, but that was that was the only game I went to live uh, as a kid until yep. until were... I was in high school. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's so crazy. you never watched it or anything? Um, to be honest, I I remember watching a few games here and there, like some bits and pieces on TV with Dad on the couch. But it wasn't even... My dad was a bit of a um, team surfer. He would only just... He'll pick a team that he thought was on song for the year and he'll just support them. Yeah. Um, he wasn't really a diehard anyone. But yeah, that's pretty much what he used to do. Wow. And then... Um, so we used to have a few chats here and there. But no, nothing really full on until, until high school. Wow. There you go. Mm. So how old were you when you first played a game of rugby league? <sighs> okay, so... There was this teacher in... So St. Matthew's Primary School I went to out at Windsor. And there was this teacher called Mr. Meehan. He was a man mountain of a guy. And um, so technically, this is my first game of footy. The first one I ever thought about even, you know, playing footy. Um, so he wanted to get a team together because this guy was a footy nut. And um, like, we're all tiny. He was huge and he scared everyone. And he basically got everyone to play, um, you know, in the team. And we wanted to play a game, a friendly game against uh, the Chisholm Chooks, we used to call them. So Caroline Chisholm, just up the road. And um, that was my first introduction to, to rugby league. And I had no idea what I was doing. I remember just... Basically, people running at me, and I was just, you know, trying to tackle them. Didn't really know what I was doing. Um, you know, <laughs> the players who didn't know what they were doing, I'm assuming, were really frustrated. And uh, yeah, we we got beat 48 to to nil or something like that. That was my introduction to rugby league. I didn't even go near playing footy again till maybe year eight in high school. Yeah, right. Um, and then that was for bead polding out at Windsor. And uh, yeah, I don't even remember how we really went, but yeah, it was that was my first. That was my first proper sort of season, you would say, of, of footy. Yeah, with, when I was, with Windsor? No, with um with Bede Polding out at Windsor. What do you mean you don't know how we went? I actually did not. I did we, not won we, we won the comp? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were you in the, were you in the yeah. This is school. This yeah. is school, yeah. This year eight school footy. Yeah, but and, 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 this, and that is the first structured sort of season of footy I ever had, was playing school footy, um, you know, with Clarkie. And this was prime, prime... Um, Try celebration era. Is that right? Yeah. This is, so, yeah. <laughs> not, not, don't mean to take over your sideline story, yeah, right. Niagara. Yeah. But I was like, I was big in year like seven and eight, and I was this size now in year seven and eight. Yeah. So it's we'll be talking big because. Some people don't know what you look uh, like. Seriously, he, he would have he would have been this big in year nine. Like Eighty yeah. kilos. In, 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 in year seven, yeah. In year seven, mate. In like wow, year five. Yeah. In year five, that was a bit. I hit puberty in year five. I was. <laughs> I, was thought, I had this voice in year five. Yeah, was, right. That was okay. ridiculous. So, you're talking year year eight. So, what, how old are you in year eight? 14, I reckon I was fourteen. So you're playing yeah. fourteen. So wait, yeah. if you get if you get a if you get a set of six close to the opposition's line, you're scoring a try. Yeah. So I used to score usually a try a game. And I had my, when I talk about on the episode a couple of weeks ago, yeah. when we were talking about the tri-celebrations, how you had to have them planned, yeah. but I had them planned. 
This is prime. So I'd score. Because he knew he'd score. So Scott, Pr- <laughs> so Scott Prince would do the bucking ball. Yeah. And so come to that Wednesday or Thursday, whenever the game was, I'm like, if I score, I'm going to do the bucking ball because Scott Prince's bucking ball was awesome. I, yeah, mean, I, 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 remember, I remember one try celebration was, I think it was might have been Nasser or someone, uh, one of the guys on the team did like a wrestling move bouncing off each post. He did. He did. It, was, <laughs> it, was, it was John Hoppawati's one. John Hoppawati did it. John Hoppawati did the yeah. full rock bottom like between the goalposts. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Won that, we won the grand final against, um, I'm pretty sure it was, it was like, against Delaney. Yeah, Delaney or, 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 or It was either Lebanon. one. We always, we're always against them in the finals. Delaney or Our Lady of Lebanon. Yeah. And I'm pretty, sh- yeah. I'm pretty sure I mm. went to extra time. Yeah, there was one that it went extra time. It wasn't Golden Point, it yeah. was extra time. Yeah. yeah. And that was um, down at Wayland Reserve. Yeah. And then, to be honest, after that, um, yeah, we played, we used to play two games a week of uh, Rugby League and Rugby Union. And then um, after that, it was off to Windsor Wolves, under 16s ones. Is that right? Mm. So, what position were you, Clarky? I was prop. Vaga? I was fullback. You're fullback? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there used to be a really good move they used to do off the scrum because Clarkie wanted to get me injured. I don't know, he's just, he just such a, such a good bloke. <laughs> uh, they used to have this set play pretty much off the scrum, which was just a hit up off the scrum, like just straight back into the middle. Oh, and no. but the funny thing was, we used to he used to get so dirty about it, was I used to actually get through and score tries off it. It's like he it's like he's like, I'll take I'll take your attempted injury me on board and I'll turn it into frustrating parking. <laughs> so wins of wolves. Sixteen mm-hmm. That's their, their grade A, their grade A side. Yeah, we, we had um a trial at the start of the season and we beat we beat a team by we flogged them. We we absolutely flogged them. Like something like it was mercy. And then from that they put us in first division. So sorry, and, is yeah. this is this SG Ball we're talking? No, no, this is this is oh, um, no, no, just, no, no, just Windsor Wolves. Yeah, Windsor Wolves. Just in the Yeah, just in the Penrith Comp. Yeah. And um and so you know, one of the, the boys, I think it was maybe either you or another friend of mine, um, you know, Jared Bonanno, um, tried to convince us to go play um, on the weekend because, mm. you know, we started to get pretty good. We were gelling pretty well. Uh, and I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'll play. And, you know, my mum was freaking out because she didn't want me to play, yeah. um, you know, weekend footy. So she made me wear torpedoes. I said, you know, like the thigh pad guards. Oh, I had the thigh pad guards. I had the Steeden headgear. <laughs> I had the Steed, like the proper old school Steeden shoulder pads, yeah. like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And then after a few weeks, she sort of eased up and she realized I was, I'll be fine. So she allowed me to take off the headgear. And then I think maybe a few weeks after that, I'd allowed to take off the, uh, the, th- the torpedoes on the legs. So you're, you're a pretty, you're a pretty tall dude. Yeah. What would you say? Six foot something? Um, six, just shy of six two. Okay. Yeah. Were you, were you taller than the usual 16 year old when you were 16? I was, I was a bit of a string bean. I was about, I think I was about, <laughs> was, yeah. yeah. Skinny guys. Yeah. I reckon I was 70, I would have been 72 kilo around then. Oh. Yeah, about 72. And um, yeah, like you can pretty much see my heart beat through my rib cage. That's, that's how skinny I was. <laughs> so you say your mum eased up on, and I don't think we brought this up. I probably should have said that, do you remember this? Yeah. Do you remember the very first game of rugby league outside of school that we played? Do you remember what happened? Because you've got a terrible memory. Oh, in regards, you mean like on the weekend? Like yeah. For Windsor, yeah, yeah, um, and, and to be honest, this is this is the first experience I actually had of, so, of mortality. So he says, yeah. his mum's worried about me yeah. playing rugby. My mum's also yeah. worried about me playing rugby. Yeah, 
and then this happens in our very first game mm. of rugby league outside of school footy. The school footy, school footy counts, but it doesn't count at the end of the day. Yeah, no. So, um, simple hit up. Do you remember the do you remember the player's name? No. no, Ben yeah. Porteous. Some I can't quite remember, but this this guy was filling in for us because um, we we needed some players, and he was down visiting his mate, mm-hmm. and he um he played for the for us, you know, um to help us out. He took this simple hit up, went down like to the ground. So game, game Honestly, kick, just a front game, on. Game kicks off. Yep. So game kicks off. First yep. hit up. Yep. Then the then the first hit up off the ruck. Okay. Yeah. First of the ruck. Simple looking tackle. Nothing. You wouldn't go like, oh, that's 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 terrible, or you know, dog shot or anything like that. He goes to the ground. The players get up, and they're thinking, "Okay, he's going to play the ball." He didn't get up. He broke his neck, and um, he was, you know, he yeah, he couldn't move. Everyone just stopped the game, and everyone's thinking, "Like, what happened? What's going on?" Like, because no one thought anything happened to him. Yeah. And he yeah he he broke his neck. He he was um he uh, he's he basically he did make a recovery of sorts, but we obviously haven't seen him for a long time. But yeah, it took him a long time like, to be able to actually move his legs again and his arms what? again. Yeah. Game yeah. was stopped like. Care flight helicopter had to come. Yeah. What? Yeah. Really? And then, like, our mums are sitting on the hill. Mm. God, what just game, like, what barbaric game are you playing? What is this? My son's been playing soccer for 10 years. <laughs> like, Varga's mum's just, probably sitting there going, yeah. I want him to get back into 100 meter sprinting. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mind you, she also, like, got me into a crest stream before that, which I reckon is a lot more dangerous than rugby league. <laughs> like, you know, show jumping and cross country and, yeah. and whatever else. And, um, but yeah, yeah, she, she, to be honest, and the weird thing is, to this day, she never talks about that or it never like expressed how like freaked out she was about that. But um, yeah, she, all she said was after watching me for about four weeks, she just said, oh, I, I realized that you were fine. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that was definitely an uh, eye opener in regards Especially to mortality your, <laughs> and, both your parents, and how vulnerable like, you can be. Yeah, yeah, how vulnerable you can be. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. How good, how good do we go that year, Barry? I, th- I don't... Okay, I was actually curious to ask you this. Did we only win two games or one? Oh, oh if you... I don't remember, but if you would have asked... I think we won one, and I nearly blew it for the whole team in that ass- game. I would have assumed none. Yeah. We were that bad. There was one game we were in the lead, and, and I pretty much single-handedly nearly lost it for the whole team. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> we were playing against, like, Saddam's... Yeah, St. Mary's, Duneside. St. Mary's, yeah. yeah. But we were playing against, like, a Dom's team that had, like... I'm going to say at least six players who went on, who were play, were going to school at St. Dom's who went on to win the Arrival Life Cup. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. Okay. that level of Guns. competitiveness. Yeah, pretty we, good. we were literally a ragtag. Ours was like the stereotypical bus drove through Mount Druitt to pick up all the Polynesian boys, yeah. to bring them to Windsor training. Then there mm. were us. Like it was just we had, we had two boys who had to get released for weekend detention, you know, to play the games on on the on the, on right? the weekend. And that's so mad. Like, yeah, yeah, and was, they were guns. They yeah, were great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pearl and um, Pearl and something. Yeah. yeah, maybe like yeah, maybe Panado. But he did he did a great try celebration, which I can't really discuss, must be on this podcast. But yeah, it was interesting. Or can you? <laughs> what did he do? He scored the try and then put it down on the ground and started. Humping it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the golden era. This is like prime, like Brian Fletcher, hand grenade type era. Okay. Hmm. So, did you say you got pumped that year of 16? Oh, we got, we got, yeah, we absolutely got hammered, yeah. And that was when you got elevated to the 
first div side. Now we 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 actually we won that trial in the, they have like a grading for the first oh, few trials okay. and we flogged this team and to be honest in hindsight we should have just well, yeah they t- they would have tanked it yeah. the other team tanked it uh, we just, yeah and you were like yeah yeah, yeah like, this is awesome <laughs> yeah like we're gonna be in second div we're gonna we're gonna have a great season and then they put us up to the first div and yeah, we had right. a bit of an eye opener yeah okay yeah so then that season's finished yep let's progress from there um so sort of before I played for sixteens I got um. It might sound weird to go back to go forward, but I got selected um, in uh, the Penrith representative side for rugby union, and because yep. I used to, we used to play the school comp as well, and there was like a development squad they sort of made, and so I always was was playing rugby union on the side as well as playing rugby league, and um, when I, when we finished that year, I can't say that I was really like excited like after just getting flogged every week. It was, it was so unenjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the most exciting um, time. So then I went and I actually headed over to um, to Penrith Rugby yeah. and um, started playing there. So um, so seventeen. So um, yeah, so under seventeens, and um, we actually had a really good season there. And that's where I went on to. I didn't play league again, to be honest, until two thousand and nine. How old would you have been then? So in two thousand and nine. Yeah. Uh, two thousand nine, I would have been oh geez twenty four. No, 20, yeah, 24. So seven years, you played yeah. Union? Yep, yeah. How'd you go when you, I guess you went to the dark side, to yeah. kind of like Union? So yeah, 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 fair enough. Yeah. How did you fare when you made that transition? Um, to be honest, the, the squad that were in at Penrith and the juniors there, uh, so Ben Berman was the guy who was basically a development for junior, um, the junior development there. And, um, you know, ben, and you know, <laughs> some people some people didn't get along with him, but uh, I think the majority did. And he was a great guy and, and he knew what he was doing. Um, and um, he just basically made a really good core of juniors. And, um, you know, so... I suppose that transition was pretty easy because all the other players are also up to the up to the level, mm-hmm. and then um, from there we went, we made the semi-finals that year for um, the 17s. Um, then I played Colts the year after, which is like in the under 21s, I suppose you could say. Like a rep. Yeah. Uh, so then joining into the Shoot Shield. Oh right. Yeah. So for Colts. Yep. Um, and then from there I just worked up into then first grade for Penrith. Okay. And then um, yeah, and then played I think 2000. And seven and two thousand eight in first grade for Penrith um, Emus in the Shoot Shield. Right. Yeah. Because at the moment they're not faring too well in Shoot Shield at all. They're, no. Uh, the way yeah. I understand yeah. is you, you, you say that like they fared well back when Bargain was playing. I do say it like that. <laughs> where I'm coming from is I read this article the other day, Vargo, um, about um, uh, how they how the body of Union mm. just totally disregard Western Sydney. Yeah. So in your opinion, would you say that because of that, would you agree with that firstly? Yes, I do. And yeah. then is that why league is just trumping them, particularly in <clears throat> Western Sydney? Yeah, their their attitude of rugby union is that um, looking at grassroots and developing grassroots, they, they see it as being, um, they, they can't challenge AFL and rugby league, so why bother, basically? So that they don't actually make an effort. Um, yeah. So obviously in the school system, you have rugby league, offering things for free. You have AFL pretty much offering things for free and giving you stuff. Yeah. And you have soccer who don't care and just charge you and once they're in the school, we'll still do it. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, but no, Rugby Union, I have to I have to admit, they they sort of let the ball go a little bit in regards to developing the juniors and spending some money out west right. and, and, and ensuring that teams like Penrith Rugby 
could maintain and, and keep the players they developed yeah. as opposed to being just pilfered by every single Sydney club. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you think it's a bit of an elitist thing? <sighs> in regards to in regards to players staying out west or No, like when we're not gonna put money into Western Sydney because that's where all the poor people live and mm. um we need people who are gonna go on to become accountants and barristers and I honestly think that they just they just don't really think too much about Western Sydney in general. They they have their bubble in, in Sydney mm. and they think they shouldn't have to leave that bubble mm. and they don't think they should even travel to play against people outside of that bubble. So yes. So um, <laughs> oh, that's how I'll say it. Because <laughs> like you, you look at the one like the one the, the big example like the most known example of Curly Beal like grew yeah. up in Mount Druitt and Dave s- Dennis out of Richmond. But someone's identified. Mm. I think Curly Beal went on oh, to be yeah, better than yeah. Dave Dennis. Yeah, there's quite a few people. But yeah. someone's identified Curly Beal, mm-hmm. and then they've put him into giving him a scholarship to St Joseph's. Yeah, bloke goes on to play eighty tests for the Wallabies. Like, yeah, surely you, they'd think that they'd be able to snag because he was a leaguey. Yeah, like he wasn't playing rugby union when he was five. He was playing rugby league when he was five. Yeah, they've identified him as a talent. Mm. So surely you just. You put some money into it just to jag the odd Kirtley Beal. Yeah. Well, you jag one Kirtley Beal every two uh, years, and the Wallabies are a far better football team. And, and to be honest, the, and that money that isn't spent out west, the, the, the league's loving it because they, they get to take all those players, and there's no incentive for young, for young rugby league players to go play rugby mm. when they're getting paid to yeah. play every week. They're getting gear. Uh, and at that age, that's all you really care about. Right. Get some cash. You, you're getting, you're getting some gear. Halfway is kind of established. Yeah. For league. Yep. And union is kind of like a throw up in the air. Yeah, union is if you, if you, um, yeah, basically, like you know, unless you go through the school systems and things, it's, it's um, not always the easiest path for um, some of the kids, and they just get, they get enticed too easily, I think, by rugby union. It's, it, they do a good job. So oh, sorry, by rugby league, they do a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm. I agree with you there, mm. but. You said um, 09. Yeah. So seven years out of league, you've returned. What was, um, how did that all come about? Um, I had a mate, of, actually, not even trying to actually recall this one because the actual reasoning. Um, to be honest, I, I think I just, I think my, I used enough time. I thought in my head, I thought I'd, I'd spent enough time at Penrose Rugby and playing Union. And I thought I gave up some good years there. I'm not saying I gave them up, I enjoyed my time while I was there, but I'm just saying, like, I thought, well, I wanted to then sort of test my myself somewhere else, and I thought, you know, well, to be honest, I, I, my skills and and my, and my abilities definitely did progress playing union, um, in like you know, and Clark will agree with this. Like my kicking was never great, but the union definitely did help that, um, because you're under pressure. I was playing wing, um, you know, for Penrith, and um, so you have to you have to be able to kick. You have to be able to catch. You have to you know a lot of pressure. And so anyway, I thought I'd test myself in league. So I went over to Emu's Emu Plains, um, just down the road. Yeah. And um, I met some pretty good blokes there, Brett Law and um, and Freddie Law. Um, they're both brothers who played there, and they basically just, you know, maybe they just saw what I was maybe able to do, and they just took me under their wing, and mm. they were, um, yeah, really in, like you know, really good blokes. Um, the coach at the time was a really good bloke as well, and quite a few of the players were just a good little unit there. Yeah. And um, so we. We won the cop that year against St Mary's. So to be honest, going from losing nearly every single week, 
or just getting pipped. Like, nothing's more heartbreaking than... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, like, you know, there's a few games against Randwick, you know, top of the ladder kind of teams where we lost literally in the first five, like, last five minutes, oh, five. you know? Um, but then going to Emu Plains and, and, and actually having some success, it was it was a really good feeling. And um, it's a massive confidence booster. And I think your performance just gets, you know... Yeah, better and better each week when well, you have that confidence. Naturally, you'd want to keep turning up every week and you'd want to improve your game, want to yeah. train. Well, you see every other player turning up and training. Yeah. You see every other player doing the extras. Yeah. You didn't see that at Penrith. I was, yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say. There's a core group of guys who turn up every week at Penrith Rugby. and then But you go then to Emu Plains and players are getting dropped for not turning up to training. That's crazy. You know? That's what you um, need. You know, and, and that's what you need. Yeah. The right mentality. Yeah. Was that what made you... Was that the... Was that the frustration that led you away from rugby union? Um, yeah, it, it was. It was a frustration with with rugby union where uh, you'd have a core bunch of players who were doing most of the the work, mm. and then you I finally experienced an environment where that just wasn't a part of the culture. You know, um, where you would you would be if you didn't turn up, you were actually letting down your team, and if you didn't turn up without a good reason, you were then dropped. And um and, and all the players of that attitude as well. It wasn't just the coaches, it was the players as well. Um, that was a big difference that I, you know, experienced at Emu Plains that I did not really experience prior. Um, but yeah, culture's a massive thing. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um and to be honest though, like um like I said, having that success, um, having those having those players that you gelled with really did um make the experience a lot more enjoyable. And like I said, beating St. Mary's, so refer back to Windsor Wolves. Mm. St. Mary's used to pump us every time we played against them. So for my first year to come back into rugby league and then beat St. Mary's in the grand final, and, you know, after, after pretty much my whole life of just thinking St. Mary's were the you know the top mm. echelon of of a grade rugby league out in Penrith, that was a that was an awesome feeling. Yeah, in a, in a very competitive, like a very strong league in Penrith. Yeah, it's one of the powerhouses now, the junior rugby league and and development rugby league at that. Yeah, mate. The vindication coming back, I couldn't imagine what yeah, it would be like. That was awesome. Yeah. Mm. So why are you playing in the first year back? I I wanted to play for a team that was close by. Mm. Um, and to be honest, I knew nobody at the at the at Emu Plains. I just went down, uh, had is a that, trial. Is that where you met the Laws boys? That's where I met them. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. that's right. And my first trial, actually, yeah. So talking about transitioning from Union to um to League, yeah. my first trial was out against Warragamba Wombats. Um, so they're a group six um, side, and we played a trial against them. And I remember going in the in goal and in rugby. You know, you if the ball goes in the in goal, you know, you don't have to worry about basically getting it out. You can just go, just put the ball down the in goal, and then you're you're home and hose. You're happy. You can just take your time. I'm in the in goal. I stand there, taking my time, looking up at the defensive wall, just running at me. And then I hear the coaches yell at me, "Get out of the in goal!" And I'm like, just like, oh, I get, like out I go. I run out of the in goal. I made it out. I remember just thinking, oh, geez, I'm just going to really switch on here. I also remember, though, the first thing about transitioning from rugby union to league, the the stuff that you could get away with in league was ridiculous, especially in, in park footy. Like, I, I broke my nose that game. My nose got put across my face, and it was the tackle was completed. I was getting pretty much about to get up to play the ball, swing an arm comes across and just takes my nose out. Like Not a second effort. Second effort. Well, a, a, like third man, third man in, like second kind of effort. Yeah. Um, no penalty. Play the ball. Look at the referee. I'm pretty sure my nose had been across my face, and then I've just sort of, just, you know, straightened as best I could, shoved some cotton up there, and went back out in the field. Okay. But just thought, not like if that was in rugby union, like it would have been the touch would have had their flag up. You would have been off for red, and you wouldn't have seen the guy for five weeks, maybe eight. 
Yeah, and and that was where I thought, yeah, this is different. <laughs> In a good way or a bad way? I, I thought at first I thought, what have I got myself into here? Because I just I had heard about some of the. Some of the stuff that went on in the um in the park footy with just fights and swinging arms and, and whatever else, but to be honest, um they started really cracking down on it my second uh, or my third season in, yeah. but I'll must be talking about it a bit later if it comes up or is required. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens then? So we we make this the semi-finals again the next year with Emu Plains, and to be honest, we thought we we're going to just go straight through. We got knocked out by St Pat's in the semi-final. Um, off a terrible play. Never, I'd never understand it. We had a front rower on the on the bench who never actually saw game time. I'd never understand it. And uh, they did a short kickoff with a minute to go. Um, we knew it was coming. They still got it back and they scored off that set and to, to knock us out of the comp. And uh, yeah, it was heartbreaking. And then um, and the following year after that, um, I went overseas and um, like with my now wife and uh, taught there for a year and played some rugby over there. Um, Which country? Uh, over in the UK. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I played for the um, the St. Albans, um, Old Albanians, and uh, one of the guys from the Spartans wanted me to play rugby league over there, but I just knew that something would happen. I'm injury prone, so I thought I, <laughs> I wanted to travel, so I didn't play, and then um, then I came back and um, started in New Plains again, and then shifted to St. Mary's, actually, after the um, pre-season. The, the enemy, St. Mary's. Yeah, it went to the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> How long for? So I played at St. Mary's from 2012. Um, oh, sorry, 2011, all the way until 2015. Right. Yeah, I think it was 11. Yeah. Yeah. So do you remember, <clears throat> fast forward it, do you remember how and when it went down when you were first notified to play for the Magyar Bulls? Yeah, it's pronounced Majar. (laughs) (laughs) It does look like Magyar. It says here Magyar. Yeah, Magyar. Magyar. Yeah, yeah, Majar. Um, So, yeah. First of all, what's a a Magyar? It just means, basically, it's just just the way of saying Hungarian in in Hungarian. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, Majar. Or you speak, you know, you speak Majar or, you know, or Majaru. Yeah, so... Yeah, um, it's um. So, sorry, but I don't mind the dogs or the birds. It's just, it's just the cottage's way. <laughs> sorry, brewery. the brewery's way. The brewery's way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, what was the question? Is how did I, how did it all come along? Yeah. How and when did it first go down? Yeah. So, as as fate would have it, um, in 2015 we were playing the semi-final. Uh, I think it was against St Pat's again, uh, and we're up. So we're up about maybe 10 points. We started to finally get. It was a bit of a one of those dog fight kind of games, and I took a hit up. And got through the, I think it was the second row in the front rower, and I popped out the other side, and their half came through, like and just just shoulder charged me, like full blown shoulder charge. I heard this crack noise and um, a fracture my shoulder, Oof. and um, you know the guy was yelling at me to get up, something a dog, whatever else. And I'm lying there going, mate, I don't care what you say to me, I'm not getting up right now. <laughs> so my obviously, broken. <laughs> yeah, my shoulder's gone. Yeah. Um, and um, so then I basically didn't play any footy um, from 2015. Um, onwards had to get an operation um, so that week um, and I think it was Dr. Manish Gupta I have to say I call out to him because that guy's a miracle worker he yeah. fixed my shoulder he did a great operation uh, on the road to recovery uh, with Chris and Carl from Progressive Physiotherapy in Penrith they did a really good job as well and I was back on track I was going to the gym and I was thinking about oh, you know should I just pull up the boots hang up the boots and not play anymore and then I got contacted by it was um 
um, it was David Farkas, which is one of the Hungarian um, footy players, his local local guy. And he had played, um, I had heard about the Hungarian rugby league side before, but not really much, you know, to be honest. I'd, I heard about it, oh, that's cool. You know, I'm Hungarian as well. You know, that's great. But always in my head, I was thinking, I'm playing club footy. I don't think I can commit, commit to both because you hear about some of these tests, you know, being played some random times throughout the, the year. And, and I, you know, with club footy and stuff, like they still took it very seriously and the coaches weren't always just going to let you go off and play some test match. And then you had to work your way back in the side. All this kind of stuff was in my head. But I heard about um, Davis Farkas playing against um, a testing against Greece. And um, they All got... Right. This was... I wish I could remember where, um, but I'm pretty sure it was... An, I'm pretty sure actually it might have been overseas, but... They played against Greece, and Greece beat them 90-0. 90-0? 90-0. Wow. And uh, Brayton Astor was actually playing in that game. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, Brayton Astor and Korkidis? I forget now. Yeah, Michael Korkidis. Michael Korkidis. From the Roosters. Yeah, he was playing in the game, and, and uh, I think uh, Brayton Astor, he, he sat out of the 90, I'm pretty sure he either scored high 30s or low 40s. What year was yeah. this? 2011, I'm pretty sure. Oh, not 2011, no, sorry. It might have been 2000. 13, 2013. Like two years removed from the Roosters' captaincy. Yeah, it was very, it was very close. He's, he's, he's at the Tigers. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it might have been 2013. That's yeah, yeah, and um, and so and and that's when I first started hearing about the team, and then from from there, all the brothers. So there's four Farkas brothers. So there's Jared, um, Aaron, uh, Nathan, and um, David, and they all started talking to me and saying, you know, come along. You know, who's, who's the best one, Barger? I'll say it right now. It's David. <laughs> um, Who's the worst one? Oh, the, 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 that's a bit harder. <laughs> oh, I, I just go the the one who played didn't play the highest was Nathan, but that was I think it's an age thing, you know. The, he was the first one through all of it, but I'll be diplomatic with that one. And um, and uh, yeah, so they all just try to get me to come down and just have a run. And and in my head, though, I'm thinking my shoulder's busted. Like I'm only just getting through, you know, the rehab and everything. I'll, I just basically kept saying to them, "Look, I'll I'll just see how I go." And eventually they get me to come down. My shoulder's feeling good. We had a bit of a training run. Um, the other, the Hungarian manager was Stephen Nemeth at the time. And um, he was really keen on recruiting and getting players in. So this is 2016 now. And Hungary was doing like the Hungarian Rugby League um, side. So this is um, Zolt Lucas over in Hungary and here in Australia. We're just really having a massive drive in trying to get as many Hungarian um, heritage players as they could that were based in, in Australia. Uh, the UK and elsewhere. Um, and so with that, I went along to training with some of the other guys. We had a few runs and then um, that's how it sort of started. The ball started rolling from there. How did they know that you were Hungarian? So the, the funny thing is they always knew, like the Farkas boys always knew my last name was Varga. Yeah. They only figured out I was Hungarian until maybe 2015. Is it is there like an, an eligibility thing for you to fill out where you say my oh, yeah. heritage is... Hungarian? Yeah, so you gotta you gotta actually um you gotta actually show paperwork. Okay. So so my, my parents birth certificate like my birth certificate mm. has my father as being born in Hungary. Okay. So I didn't really have to prove anything about my mum's side, but my dad's side, that's all I needed and they were happy with that. Like I was actually pretty good compared to some people who try and, you know, go through the system. Yeah. How did it come about that they knew that you were eligible? Uh, I think we're just talking about it. And I just said, oh, I heard you guys playing for, you know, you played for Hungary or whatever it was. I think they did like a joint thing where Hungary and Poland even joined together for one, like like a test friendly. Yep. Um, and then from there, we just had a chat and they were like, yeah, I thought you were Hungarian. Uh, we should have known, like with Varga and everything. And then, um, yeah, from there, it just sort of developed. Wow. Mm. 
And then, uh, and obviously, I wasn't doing anything because I didn't have club footy commitments anymore. And I thought, you know what? If I'm going to do it now, I'll, this is the time to do it. Otherwise, it's going to be too late. Okay. Hmm. So you're in the site now. So so from so from there, we had like this extended training group, and we had um, some test friendlies that we organised. So we had a we had a friendly at a St Mary's Stadium. I can't quite remember who it was against, but we just basically had a few core people there. And then we organised um, the Cabinet Nines. That's massive. Yeah, so we tried to get like a, as many of our players we could get. Uh, we wanted to really try out and see how they went there. Uh, and had I was pretty successful there. I, I was a top try scorer at the Cabinet Nines for the for the team. And then um, and then so I sort of decided to get back into things, and you know work on my fitness etc. And then um, I think the coach even sort of made a comment about because I was obviously. Like right now, I look bald, but like I was just, but I had hair, but it was just all grey, right? So the coaches like making comments about, you know, oh, you still got your speed, you still got it, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that was obviously happening. And then um, from there, we then got an even more refined squad for a test match against um, Uruguay. So the main focus was we're building up towards this test match against Uruguay. And um, so we had those friendlies, we had a couple of nines, and then from there, um, they refine the squad down to the starting side. A sanctioned match, like for yeah. test points. Yeah, yeah. For a ranking points. Sorry. For actual ranking points. Yeah. So right now, um, so at this point in time, Hungary are rated thirty-eight out of fifty something, isn't it? Yeah, fifty something. Yeah. Okay, maybe a little bit lower, yeah. but like there was. So we're, before our first game that we played, this is two thousand sixteen push. We were ranked, I'm pretty sure, about thirty-eight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, by the end of 2018, we were ranked 20. Okay. Yeah. How did you go in that? Sorry, Clarky. How did you go in that match against Uruguay? Uruguay. So I th- we won 50, 50 to four. Is yeah. that the one that I went to? That was your yeah. first game. That was our. F- that was my first oh, game. You went to that one. <laughs> yeah, I managed to convince a few fellas to come out and try yeah. and give me some support. Um, we found out 24 hours beforehand. Me and Ted found out that it was an alcohol-free event. <laughs> <laughs> and they advertised so, it. They advertised it as being like an you know, alcohol over there. There'd be food. There'd be drinks. And then so for the next, uh, so for the twenty-four hours leading up to the game, it was me and Ted trying to figure out how to sneak alcohol into the event. <laughs> Blasted, we went with beers in Varga's wife's handbag with coffee cups. To pour the beers into the coffee cups to pretend we're drinking coffee. So while I'm preparing, <laughs> while I'm preparing for a test, they're preparing for their own little battle of trying to get alcohol into the ground. Right. Yeah, and right. yeah, but um, it, it was a weird experience because even when I found out, or we found out, I think um, you know, I, I found out that I was actually going to be playing the side. It was like a group chat kind of thing, a WhatsApp group chat. And from there, very you know, official. yeah, it's like very official, yeah. you know, <laughs> and you sort of look at it and you head, and like a chain, they announced it obviously too, but officially, you know, when you see it in writing, you're like, okay, cool. This is a site. And uh, you know, I had a nice letterhead and everything in the post. So it wasn't just like, you know, a text message, but, um, <laughs> but still though, it still didn't hit home though, until you sort of get your Jersey presentation before the match and you're standing out in the field and you hear the, um, the two national anthems playing. Mm. And like, you know, I see my Najma standing at the front of the stand, like, you know, singing the national anthem loud enough for me to be able to hear her. Really? You know, it was, it was pretty awesome. That's awesome. You know, that fired me up. And until, like, I saw that, I didn't really, you know, I didn't, I, yeah, you realised, you know, how important it was. You didn't really grasp the magnitude of what you were doing. You're representing your heritage. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. to your family. Yeah. Particularly your grandmother. Yeah. She's, she's seen the, yeah. the I guess, the, the beauty in it. 
Yeah, that's that, right. Yeah. Well, probably meant more for her than did you. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, because she's she was the only one that was still around in that gener- from that generation. Uh, all my other grandparents have passed on, but yeah, she was yeah she was so happy about it and, and so yeah. excited about it, and you know told all her friends back home, and you know it was <laughs> it was right. yeah it was great yeah yeah. Where, where was the game played at? Uh, it was at Hillier Oval, which I'm pretty sure is out at Liverpool Way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, yeah. it definitely is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a beautiful field. Um, you know, a bit of grass here and there. It was... <laughs> it was It was pretty good. It, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Put it this way, I heard a lot of players saying, oh, no, not Helia. And then, because quite a few of the boys are out from that way. Uh, but they said when they got there, they were pleasantly surprised. They said, actually, this is in pretty good nick compared to what it usually yeah, is. Right. Yeah. It was a little, like, international... Yeah, it's like a festival. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was, it was actually like there was a few test matches on. It's a whole oh. day of, it's a whole like you know, is a test match sort of festival the thing. Philippines play. Um, I think it was Philippines. They had um Spain, I think they oh something heat Latin heat they had oh, Latin right. heat oh, yeah, yeah Latin yeah. heat. They just, what yeah. year was it? Uh, this this was two thousand and seven six oh, 2017. Yeah, Fe- February two thousand seventeen. Latin heat just started and kicked up. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, there's a few different teams. Maybe it was one of the African United. Maybe yeah. there's, there's a few different teams there, but it was definitely like a the the South American spice was kind of there. <laughs> all the stands and yeah, they, and they had all, and had a few different food stores yeah, and like things. Yeah. And was it good yeah. turnout for crowd? They had five hundred there, yeah. So it wasn't. It was pretty yeah, good. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you good. played fullback again? No, I played second row that game. Oh. So second row, um, we had a few boys who were still. I think we're still obviously trying to figure out a few guys as well. So that test match was still used to blood a few guys and see how they went. And um, yeah, so I went in second row, but. Some critiques sort of said that I played second row like a centre, but yeah, I'm not going to argue with them because it's pretty much what I did. <laughs> yeah. Who was captain? Uh, that was David Farkas, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, David Farkas. Yeah. Any, anyone of note in the team or against? Um, over, over the actual the whole time that I played for Hungarians. Career. Yeah, my international career. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah. Um, there's there's quite a few um, key guys. So we had we had like the the Queensland contingent. And we had the New South Wales contingent. We had the UK contingent and the Hungarian contingent that actually came over. So the actual Hungarian players who lived in Hungary came over. Um, out of all those guys, you had so you had the Farkas brothers. So you pretty much had your spine. You had David David who played like half five eight, pretty much anywhere in that whole midsection. You had um, Aaron who was a hooker half. You had um, Jared who was a half could also play anywhere in the back row, like in the backs. And then you had the um, you had Nathan. Who was the eldest but smallest, but he still played fullback wing. He could play in the halves if he had to. So you had your spine like, already there just with four brothers. And these know? are these are like guys who have played A grade like their entire adult life. Yeah. Penrith yeah. Penrith A grade, like hardened. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, well, David yeah. played um yeah, so Dave played um what did he play? So the equivalent of to his new cup, I think it would have been. Yeah. New cup. To East or whatever Jim it is. Jim Cup? Yeah, Jim, Jim Well, Beam definitely Cup. Jim Cup and the yeah. New South Wales... Um, Just like, reserve grade. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure oh, that's... Like, like New South Cup. Wales Cup. Yeah. Then. So he's gone to bloody Rezies. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure he played, um, you know, one season there. Yeah. Um, or a few. And then um, and then all the other boys played Mounties, I'm pretty sure, except for Nathan. Yeah. Okay. And, then, uh, and then you had the Queensland contingent, which was the Ivan brothers. He had Paul Ivan and, and Daniel Ivan. And, and um, Paul Ivan was mostly the more, um, you know, that you had the better, um, what do you want to call it, accolades. Yeah. So he, he actually was in the starting, sorry, he was in one of the actual starting, what do you want to call it, train-on squads for the Broncos at one stage. 
Uh, but then he played the rest of his time uh, in the Queensland Cup and then also played over in France. Yeah. Yeah, so he was pretty good. He was a front row. So both the brothers, both the Ivan, Ivans were front row, second row, but he also, Paul could also play in the centres. Like he yeah. was a big six foot five, like 130 kilo. So like, it's a pretty experienced thing. Yeah, and then um, and then with the um, UK contingent, you had a few fellas who you know were pretty handy as well. Um, and then um, you and some of the um, the other guys pretty much were all on the same level of all have played A grade, um, you know, level and were you know pretty handy players yeah, okay. in their own right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll make the first grade. I was Stuart Flanagan. Oh, so yeah. Sorry, I mentioned. Yeah, sorry, I should mention that. So Stuart Flanagan um, played uh, so also for the side, and he was. In the um, he played for the Sharks, so in the NRL, oh, uh, right. as hooker. Sharks, yeah. West. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, so he was he was very handy. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, um, it, it, in between Aaron and, and him, while there was you know definitely a difference in skill level, there wasn't too much. So even when you had even if you want to put him in lock, you could put him in lock, and then Aaron could go into hooker. Like we had we had some some options, but yeah, but Flanagan was definitely yeah a handy player to have. And I'm assuming the Hungarian boys that come over, they would have learnt a lot more. Because they would have been probably a step down from, obviously, those players. Yeah. But they would have taken that. The whole point is to bring them over, experience yeah. the training mechanisms and how, how you know it works to play an actual game. Yeah. They would have taken that back home with them. That's right. Well, that's the whole... The whole I was talking to, this, uh, talking, to this about, um, talking to you about this before the interview, but the, the main focus of, of Zolt, who's the Hungarian like rugby league president, I suppose you could say it, um, his whole focus was while the emerging nations, you know, World Cup w- was an important thing, and and winning tests was an important thing. The main thing was though longevity. He wanted to be able to take players back to Hungary and develop a domestic tournament there, like a competition there, and grow, you know, actual Hungarian players. Yeah. So to be able to compete in Europe and not have to rely on Australia in in, in England, which is fair enough. And he sent over quite a few boys from from Hungary and they're all a lot of them were actually union boys originally because mm. union's been in, in, in Hungary for longer yeah. and then they eventually got sort of you know wooed over by rugby league and and the brand that it is and um, yeah so a lot of those boys actually um, learnt you know they actually learnt quite a lot like from the first training session to watching them after the Emerging Nations like final match yeah they, they learnt a lot did you were you a part of the Emerging Nations World Cup was it 2018 when they played? Yes, 2018. You were yeah. part of that team? Yeah. yeah. As in like a player or a coach? Player. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you guys came second? We, yeah, so we, yeah, we, I suppose, we, you say we came third, I suppose you could say. Yeah. We, we, um, so we got put into the top pool mm. for the tournament and we played against uh, Greece in the first uh, opening match at, at Windsor Sporting Complex there. Did Brayton ask the point? No, he didn't, thank God. Because <laughs> even at his age, I'm sure he still, you know, would have been handy on the field. Yeah. Um, and we actually beat Greece in that opening match, 20 to 18. And uh, and that, like, you know, from 90 nil to then beating Greece, you know, you know, 2018, um, you know, was an awesome start for us and just fired up the guys. Like a big turnaround. Massive turnaround. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. But like... Three years. Yeah, yeah, and 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 but just gave those boys the belief that yeah we're actually here to, to you know be competitors and, and not just take you know not just be here for the numbers and Greece were the team to beat. Because um, not to take anything away from the eligibility rules and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but there'd be a lot of Greek Australians or Australian Greeks. Yeah, yeah. Whose grandparents and they're just here 
where there wouldn't be as many Hungarian like immigrants in Australia as what there would Greeks. No, like, you, Greeks would be almost number one. You had you in have terms a, of sheer numbers that have immigrated to Australia. That's right, and and financially as well. Um, you know, I, I think uh, you know there's there's obviously a big there's a big number of um, there's a big number of of you know Greek immigrants or you want to say like Australian Greeks or heritage Greeks in Melbourne as well, like a massive number. So like a lot of these guys came from all over the Australia. It wasn't just from like Sydney. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then you also had a lot of the Greeks actually come over from Greece to play mm-hmm. um, because there was actually a rule where you had to have um, a certain amount of actual domestic, um, player. domestic players. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right though. What's there the there is more. I, two or, I'm trying to think two or three. Is this in the 17, like the game day I, 17? I believe so. Two yeah. or three? Yeah, yeah. I could be totally wrong. You might know better. Oh, no, I actually don't know that. <laughs> it's a good rule. Because otherwise, yeah. it, just, it yeah. could just be a bit of a G-up, really. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, so... Um, and then that basically, that, that basically set the tone, you know, for the whole tournament. And um, and just, yeah, made those guys believe that, you know, they can actually achieve it. So, right. yeah. And then in that game as well, like, that's actually one of my favourite moments, actually, for playing for Hungary was that game. Greece. So Greece. Yeah, against Greece. Like, we... we um, so in the last, I think it was six minutes, um, they actually taken the lead and we, we did like a play out wide and then I, I scored a try out wide. And then from the sideline, I think it was, um, it could have been, it might have actually been Aaron um, Farkas who kicked it from the side. Oh, Jared. Jared Farkas kicked it from the sideline to, to win the game basically. And, and there's footage of it, like, you know, uh, of us just, you, look, you can see look in our faces like we thought we won the grand final. Yeah, like it was awesome. Mad. Yeah. So who'd you guys end up? Losing to so we actually came up against Greece again. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, right. Um, this time Greece. This time both <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, well, yeah. But honestly, though, this time Greece actually took us seriously, and and they they put a um they they put their best side they could put on on paper onto the onto the game into the game, and um we had quite a number of injuries by this time. That's that's the one. That was one hard thing. We had we have a team, um that was pretty strong on paper, um but we didn't have the depth. Um, so if we had any injuries, we we're just really struggling. Yeah. So I, I believe we lost um, a f- a one of the Fargus boys. Dave was injured but still playing. I was injured, still playing. Um, There's a few players who actually got ruled out, yeah. and we only lost I think that game by I think four points. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It say, wasn't much. Wow. <laughs> when you say Greece took it seriously, do you reckon they underestimated in the first game? Because Definitely. It's like we beat you by. Yeah. yeah, they definitely underestimated us. And I remember the coach. I talked to the coach actually at a. At a conference not long after, and he he threw that out there rather um, clearly, you know, uh, trying to say that oh, you only beat us because we didn't put our good yeah. side on. But to be honest, the side, the squad, the side changed maybe two or three players, you know, and it's a, um, it's a dick move from the coach. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, but you know, Korkidis actually was playing in that game. He was still playing. He played in that Jesus. first game, and he but he did his knee. I think he was he's got ruled out for the next game after that. Yeah. So, what's the tail of the tape for you? Your stat, your Hungarian international career stats. So seven tests, yep. um, two friendlies, whatever you want to call it, and um, and twenty six points. Ah. Yeah. So all tries. All tries. Can't, can't kick. Can you just say points? Yeah. So I think it's set. Was that seven? No, six. Six tries. Yeah. And that's your last ever game of rugby league. That's my last ever game of of well, no, actually not my last ever game of rugby league. No, player. I played another season for Saint Clair Comets after that. 
that's yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Brett Law, the same guy mm. um, who I was talking about before, yeah. convinced me to go over, and he's, he's a. <laughs> the only way I can think of the guy is he's, he's a he's the ultimate. Um, <laughs> he's the ultimate like mathematician in regards to just planning out his squads and what he needs and like you know whether he needs people or not he'll just get them over there and he'll create a good squad but yeah. anyway he, he got me over there to play a season um, with them but I only actually played our reserves over there most of the time I, and yeah. played a handful of A grade games yeah oh, okay yeah right so mm. who ended up winning that tournament before we move on I believe it was Malta uh, yes. against Newey so, Newey, Little mm-hmm. Island, off the... N-I-U-E. Off. You remember how you, didn't, you couldn't pronounce it? Yeah. What was this? It was... It, 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 I swear <laughs> to God... It, it was a What did you say? Yeah, so... Yeah, but on... Um, uh, what's his name? Samet. Um, Jared Samet. Jared Samet yeah. got flown back for that game from overseas. And they they flew him. Jewel Jewel International Maltese player. Yeah, they really from Malta and League and Union. Is that right? Yeah, so they they flew him back just for the GF, and he yeah they I think pretty sure they they won it. Wow, mate, he was a good player. He probably still is. He was like, yeah, he could have he if he stuck it out, and he probably would have had a tough time at it. Mm. But if he stuck out, he could have had a far better NRL career. Yeah, but went over to England and I. Wouldn't know what he did. Yeah. I oh, played for, yeah, I think he played for like 10 clubs. Yeah, there you but go. Probably over the time of his life. Mm. Yeah, that's probably. Probably on the man of steel. Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, you're still involved with the the body of Hungry Rugby League? Yeah, so it, it was hard. Like, we, there was a handover period um, after the Emerging Nations. And we wanted to really sort of focus on um, building up so that they wanted Australia to run our own things independently from, from Hungary. So the Australian Hungarians to run their own thing, organise tests, those kinds of things, and, and, and play recruitment. And then Hungary can just focus on Hungary. UK would just focus on UK. Mm-hmm. And, and each each would try and grow each at that stage. And trying to follow on from that awesome, you know, um, you know, experience from the emerging nations. And even like we even had like some some news reports like ever in Hungary. You had like yeah. articles written about us, you had, you know, the coaches going on there talking about it. Um, that they were keen. Like it's the equivalent of I suppose you could say the Channel Nine, like you know, sports program. Mm. That's what it would be over in Hungary. And um, the aim was then to try and get everyone independently working together, and then come together though for the big tournaments. So, for example, this year was meant to be the twenty twenty one Emerging Nations um, World Cup in um, so in England. Exciting. Yeah, that's right. And it's still going ahead, to my knowledge. The, the actual is going the ahead. actual tournament is. Is that right? Yeah, I could be totally wrong. <laughs> oh, I think they're about to make an announcement. Yeah. On, on the on the. On the main one. On the main one. Yeah. I I, I say that one's cancelled. Yeah, that's right. The emerging must be was the first thing to go. And then then it must be would have been um, more, yeah, just the actual main comp. But then, unfortunately, because COVID hit, it just all, it's just all falling apart. So, yeah, it it couldn't have happened at a worse time for us. We we were were riding a wave. Probably for everyone. Well, to be honest, you had had teams like, um, so Malta as well. Because they're actually really trying to grow their own, uh, you know, in, you know, competition domestically, and TV rights, everything. Greece, same thing. TV rights as well. Oh, I, th- I think I think they actually were starting to looking at televising some of these matches wow. over there. Um, but like everyone was growing to a point where they were nearly there, and then now it's just just taking a dive. Um, I can't really comment on how they're travelling now, but I know what we are. I know where we are. We're we're struggling at the moment to to try and keep the momentum going. It's mainly funds. 
you know, you got to try and pay for because you got to insure the players. You know, you can't just take them out there to go play and, and risk themselves and not have any insurance, all those kinds of things. You know, it's pretty hard. But um, but the, the main focus I think that would be to still you know um, get some tests maybe this year would be really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, organize some more, yeah. Because yeah. um, obviously over the time we're still like myself and a few other players, Paul Ivan sort of taken on a leadership role in regards to that thing as well. Um, but really try and contact some of those other teams and just get some some tests happening. So, wow. you know, whether it's against Ireland, whether it's against, um, is that the is that the scheduled helicopter flyover? Yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's got our banner on it. Just saying that. Yeah, we're the birds haven't come yet. No, not yet. No, give them uh, thirty minutes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, that's the main thing. It was just about you know trying to keep the momentum happening. And to be honest, all of us are sort of getting a bit older. There isn't that many young fellas coming through, so and we haven't been able to recruit any younger fellas just yet either. So you got to try backwards. and yeah, you could go right back to what it was like in 2012, 2013. That's upsetting. Have you yeah. retired? Uh, I've always said this. I'll ask. I'll message Louise. <laughs> I've always said this. If if they need me to play, and um, and there's no one better than me, I'll play. You're, just, you're not going to be that weird old ball dude. Yeah, no. I'm not going to be that guy that goes out in the field and is a liability because I want to play for Hungary. Yeah. I'll go out there and play if, if there's no one better than me to push me out. Whether yeah. I play in the, in the forwards, I don't know. But, like, whatever. I'll, I'll do it. And, and that's the thing, too. I'll, I'll say this now. Comparing club footy to playing for, like, your country, like, you know, of, of heritage, whatever you want to word it. Like, you, you play club footy, you get paid... And it's all well and good. And, you know, you don't want to lose because you're getting paid. And if you win, you get paid a bit more money. Um, and, you know, you put your bottom line every week. But playing for, like, for example, I don't know about, like, this is how I feel, but playing for Hungary, I did not, I would have paid money to play for Hungary. And to be honest, like, there was one game, so the second game against Greece, I remember that my, my shoulder was not feeling great. I was pretty much buggered. And the coach was basically saying, mate, are you sure you want to play? Are you sure you want to play? And I just said to him, and I've never been like this before, but I just said, mate, I don't care if my shoulder breaks. I'm going to be out there until it breaks. And he was just like, and he was just like, oh, okay. And he didn't ask me again. For the rest of the game, he didn't ask me again about my shoulder. But that's basically how I, how I felt. Like, I just, I've never felt that way before. And, I, and you know, I, and that's basically the reason why I play is just because it's just something now that I, yeah, I'm just so passionate about. Yeah, I just, mate. yeah, I just don't really, like, body's second thought. You, you're trying to do what's best for the for the team. Wow. Hmm. So before we get into the quick fire questions, yeah, give a shameless plug to your um, little side hustle that you got going. Oh, okay, um, yeah. So obviously um, myself, um, so David Gardner and my other um, partner Megan Ireland, we run a, a PHP online um, resource. Um, so for HSC, PE, and CAFs, so we do prelim and we do um, we do so year twelve HSC as well. And to be honest, it's it's one of those things that like when I'm talking about like being passionate about it's definitely one of those things that I want to plug because it's a great resource um, so many students so many other kids have been like saying how you know how much it's supported them in their education or getting those results they need for the HSC um, and it's an online platform you can access it remotely um, it's cheaper than must be nearly every other online resource out there and it's better so yeah, that's all I'll say yeah yeah leave it that yeah sorry and that's improvingphp.com rapid fire questions yeah sweet what was your worst injury okay I reckon that's the shoulder there's been a few and you've been there for one which shoulder the my left shoulder <sighs> not the right shoulder the right shoulder was what you witnessed in high school 
Um, but so the left shoulder was an actual, I cracked my scapula, so shoulder blade. So like imagine Cooper Cronk, but like worse, right? Yeah. Yeah. So cracked it all the way up. Was it actually worse than his? It's actually worse than his, but I didn't play a grand final with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it cracked all the way up the shoulder blade and pretty much then cracked my actual shoulder socket in half. Is that right? Yeah, and, that and, and would the, have sucked. And the, the specialist, like the specialist, is um, so this is Doctor Gu- um, Gupta said, I've never seen anything like it outside of a T-bone car accident. Oh and he said, my gosh. and he said, I'd love to actually have your results. Can I actually use your results and your scans for my lectures at um, you know, at uni? And I'm really? Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but that that was that was bad. I thought I was done skis to be honest after that one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What was your most fondest memory on the field? Your best footballing moment? Uh, I reckon it was that that Greece match I was talking about. Um, yeah, I reckon that'd be the one. Yeah, playing playing against Greece in that opening round, really just you know showing everybody that were there to take things seriously, and um, yeah, that was definitely one of them. Yep, it's awesome. Mm. Who was the best player you played beside? Beside? Um, yeah. So. There's been a few. I suppose you can, if you, you can name more than one. Name more than one. Okay, so for Hungary, yeah. uh, I would say it's out of David Farkas and Paul Ivan. Um, if I was gonna say, like, who's who'll be best to have next year to like, you know, get a team across the line, you must be say David Farkas. But bloody like Paul Ivan though, yeah, he's a great player as well, and I reckon they're pretty much tied. And then Park Footy, I'd say Brett Law. Yeah, he's um just a little general that demands nothing but perfection and if you don't give it to him he'll absolutely crack it and then uh and, and yeah was he captain was he yeah captain yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah and it just would not would not accept anything better than you know perfection and then um and then for rugby most people would have been like consistently um this guy called Hanili Sharf he was they call him the black prince of Mount Druid I think and um <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh yeah the H is what they everyone calls him H and he played shoot shield for I reckon ten years. Like, like Wallabies talk about this guy. He 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 made you play better. It made me personally play better because I actually was technically scared of him. Like if I did anything wrong, <laughs> I just thought I don't want to do anything wrong because what this guy's going to rip me. He was number eight, so he played yeah lock in. I think I've heard of this bloke, and I don't think it's through you. Yeah, I there just you heard go. stories about H. So yeah. he had said H. Yeah, yeah hard, a hard guy. Like <laughs> people didn't want to. People didn't want to play against him. They're just like, oh, we're going to play Pens Penrith. Like everyone's thinking, oh, Penrith will win, but oh, god, we're going to play against H. Like it's pretty much the attitude oh, they had. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, who's the best player you played against? Um, there's been a few, so. I suppose, like, on the higher levels of things, the, the guys who I actually talk about... So I've played against some Wallaby players, like, actual... They were actually playing for the Wallabies when I played against them in Shoot Shield. So you had, like, Al Baxi, you had, like, Clyde Rathbone, a few of those guys, but, like... But they, I never really thought about them, to be honest, after the game. Like, I thought, oh, yeah, they were all right. I didn't think they were amazing, but playing against... Um, one day we played against Curtly Bill at North Sydney Oval. Yeah. And that guy just made you realise how how behind you were like people were just watching him what was he what was he doing that that made you go wow he's standing out uh the time that he had and the fact that he was so unpredictable like you you knew that he wasn't playing like he would obviously do set plays and things but you just knew there were stages there where he would just be like okay i'm taking control now wow. and you would just watch him and, and people you're watching your own teammates as well because you obviously you're in a line and you're thinking okay who's got who 
people weren't even that, talking that much because I think people couldn't even read really where he was possibly going to go. And yeah. and like while I'm talking about massively, but this is what I remember at the time, just thinking he's a, he's a whole step ahead of everyone. And um, yeah, no one else sort of during that those two years I played shoot ever made me sort of think that way. But yeah, he definitely was a standout player. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he was fast too, like agile and fast. So so you put all those together, timing, sort of unpre- not predictable. Yeah. If he found any space, like you know, he was away, yeah. and um, yeah, it was it was it was pretty um pretty interesting. And then the other guy I had down, he played um this is a guy who played for Randwick. His name's um I gotta look it up actually because to be honest, he he uh he's changed his name over time, and I okay. <laughs> a man ahead of his time. Yeah, like he he just um. Oh, I wish I could find it quicker for you. One second, sorry guys. But yeah, basically he he played over in Japan. He played for the um under he played for the under twenties Wallabies, played for Waratahs, uh, played for the Crusaders. But this guy just absolutely taught me humility. Um, <laughs> like there is no other way to put it. Like um just proper you know taught me how to just respect other people and and not just take things for granted in regards to physical ability but this guy his name is so his name is Nemani Nadolo formerly known as Ratu Nasengar sorry I'll say it again Nasengar Ayavi I think is how you say it I believe he's actually the nephew of Lottie Takiri okay I think anyway this guy just was a wrecking ball on the wing he's 130 kilos runs 11 seconds 100 okay and 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 if I was playing and I was playing wing, and he just ran like just steamrolled me. I proper. Remember, I remember you called me after this game. Yeah, and, and I've like no one. And to be honest, I actually enjoy watching highlights of him now doing the exact same thing to professional like you know players. Where's he playing now? The last I saw him playing was for Crusaders, but he's possibly now playing somewhere um, in New Zealand. I don't know, but he did play. I think he played for Fiji, possibly in the World Cup. Right? Yeah, but um, yeah, he um, yeah, absolutely just a wrecking ball, and uh, yeah, so that's that's the best players I've played against. What about um, in league? Uh, in league, um, there's only been a few players really that I'm trying to compare those players to these uh, the rugby players to the league players I played against. Um, the only other guys really that you might know of like Alex Chan, who was an absolute grub in that game that I played against him in, he, like kneed me in the forehead. After he tackled me on the ground, <laughs> and he got, I think he got sent for. He might have got a ten minutes in bin for that one too. There's yeah, a bird. There's a bird. The um, uh, Trindle um, played a game for the, I think Tr- Braden Trindle. Tricky Trindle. I think it was Tricky Trindle. Oh. Yeah. Dale Trindle. Yeah, yeah Dale for Trindle. for Colleton, yeah. one match. Um, yeah, there was there's a few different plays here and there, but but no one that stands out like like those guys. They just stand out for names. Uh, yeah, like, you know, if, if I didn't know who Alex Chan was and no one told me he was Alex Chan, I mostly wouldn't have known, you know. So, yeah, there's, there's a few... It's, a, it's funny where you see a few players like that. Oh, there they are again. <laughs> you see a few players that, you know, if you didn't, tell, if no one told you and you thought back about their game, you know, quite a few players are like that. Unless they're in a team where actually they're surrounded by some decent players, they don't necessarily stand out. I feel Alex Chan's played like 50 first grade games. Yeah, Yeah, like I I just thought, yeah, sure he was big, sure he was good, but like I didn't think he was an NRL. Like, you know, I had had played NRL. Yeah. The three nicest rugby league personalities you've met. Uh, So, the, the first rugby league personality I met um, I'll just say, we're going to see with 2009, end of that year, 
like like proper chat would have been Radonicus. Um, right? Yeah, we had a, a sportsman's lunch. Yeah. And um, it was Radonicus and um, and oh, I forget the other person that was now. Anyway, but yeah, so Radonicus and um, yeah, he had a good chat. He was a nice guy, like really down to earth. Um, didn't take any shit. Like obviously, there was they were trying to raise money as well, like for the for the day. So ripping into players and people about spending their money and that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, he was a pretty good bloke. Um, the other one, I suppose, Brad Drew. Um, so he coached me uh, out at St. Mary's. Old Eels player. Yeah, 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 that's right. So yeah, he, he um, coached me there. Uh, and he was a really, really nice guy. Um, really down to earth, like didn't really talk himself up at all. Like um, just there to do his job. And, and um, yeah, just really, really nice guy. Mm. Just, you know, one of the guys really. Just having a deer after the one game. One of the boys. And, yeah, one of the boys. Yeah, that's cool. Um, the other one that I met um, was the um, US ARL um, chairman, um, so Peter Illfield. Oh, and, um, I think he's still chairman now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I met him uh, at the... Because I was one of the delegates for the... Um, the I suppose you could say the RLIF... Um, uh, what do you want to call it? Um, AGM or... Cong- like, you know, yeah, AGM. Um, in, back in, I think it was 2019... And I had a really good chat with this guy. Like, he was a really nice guy. He didn't ever talk to me. Just wanted to have a chat with him. I was asking him questions about how they got, like, you know, their domestic competitions going over in the US. And, um, yeah, he was just, yeah, had all the time in the world just to have a chat with me and explain some things. Is he the boss of the... The of one? USARL, so the original, the OG one. Okay. NARL is in the guy. Yeah, so so you could say he might not be very happy right now. Is that what you're no, trying to say? No, he is happy now. He is? Oh, is he now... Is the he re- no, the rebel... Probably one's not going ahead. Not going ahead. This year. Yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. this year. Yeah. But um, yeah, so yeah, because he, he actually lost a few teams from his competition yeah. to go it's there. Three. Yeah, yeah, three. Three. Four. Yeah. yeah, and um, but honestly, no, he was he was really really good bloke. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Mm. Wow. Yeah. How old were you when you got your first rugby league related paycheck? Rugby league related. Um, oh jeez. Okay, so that would be two thousand and nine. Yeah. What you do with it? Um. I had I had a totally different answer for this one, but I. <laughs> what do you think? Of doing this thing I thought it was just like your first paycheck. <laughs> oh. So I was like, oh yeah, sweet. What, what, from, from IGA. Yeah, from from Five Star Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, what'd you do with that one, Mario? <laughs> spent it on uh, spent it on fuel money, going out to the Hawkesbury every every <laughs> second day because all, all my mates lived out there, and yeah, there's no one else out there. Well, tell us another. Yeah, yeah, the only one. <laughs> <laughs> now the um, my first paycheck, yeah, from EU Planes. I don't know. We just spent it on most probably, yeah, nothing really special. Just yeah, it must be food and and uh, <laughs> um, I don't even know this one. What's your favourite sport outside of rugby league? Um, I suppose it's the most second played, most second, yeah, my most played sport besides rugby league would be Oztag. Is that right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> Tell us about that time we won the the Richmond. Was Div Three for the Porkies? Porkies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, to be honest, that was that was the first time I played. Mm -hmm. It was for the Porkies, um, and uh, that was out of Richmond. Yeah, that was not a bad comp. Um, Yeah, actually, we played it. Was it Windsor or Richmond the first season we played out there? That was Touch, remember? Ah, it was Touch. That's right. That was when that was how we got playing for Windsor because McAllister's dad were playing against the Windsor under fifteens. Yes, it was us ragtag bunch of idiots playing for the Porkies. Yeah. versus the under-15s Windsor Rugby League team. 
So yeah, we played right. against them. Not to give us a rap, but me, Varga, and our other mate, Jared Benetto, carved them up. <laughs> so the coach comes over and is like, can you boys play next year for us? And that's how we played for Windsor the following year. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I actually forgot about that. Oh, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah. So now I just play out at um at Penrith here at at the um Kingsway, and um yeah, yeah play um first div for the Entertainers, which is Brett Law's team. Yep. Um, and I play a third you know third division comp as well with the Tumbleweeds. Okay. The heart of. Did you ever go state cup or anything like that? Yeah, I went to state cup um at town. I think it was Lismore. Tamworth, Tamworth, Tamworth. Yeah, yeah, Tamworth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think we're going again. I might be going again this year. If um oh not this year sorry next year next year yeah over forty fives yeah over over thirties yeah over thirties yeah yeah we're gonna put an open side together yeah, yeah over thirty side yeah I think so yeah, yeah. Mm. awesome yeah but otherwise yeah no just otherwise baseball would be the only other sport I played more than any other one American let's go into your views on the modern game All right salary cap excluded which three players would you pick if you were to start a new club tomorrow. Uh, in my head, I, I thought Cleary, mm-hmm. um, Cook, yep. and uh, most probably like a Trevojevic, I think. That's what, that's what I was thinking. Get some spine happening. Mm-hmm. And and you got, you know, Cook's still got a few years left in him. Um, and then Cleary, obviously, we know. And same with Trevojevic. Yeah, he's mm. the well spine, pretty mm. much. Yeah. Okay. Who do you think is the best player in rugby league today? Cleary, yeah, I'm still going to say Cleary, because not only is he sort of stand out right now, I think he's only going to get better. So today, I still think Cleary. Uh, look, Javoyevich is close, and you know Tedesco is obviously great as well. But I think for value and importance, Cleary. And final question: Why did you come on the show today to share your sideline story? Um, to be honest, I didn't really think I had a story, and then I just started thinking about it, and the more and more I thought about it. Thought, you know what? I'll. I just want to come on and yeah, just talk about, you know, where Hungary's at with their, with their rugby league story as well. So it's not like my sideline story only. It's also like a whole, country sideline story. Which I'm sure you sound very instrumental in, you know, I guess their sideline story. But yeah, your involvement is instrumental, no doubt. Yeah, well, I'd, I would like to be more involved. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I have to admit, I haven't been as involved as I could have been the last. Um, year but I think everyone's a bit like that in the moment but um no definitely I think it's it's yeah it's more than just my sideline story which is why I wanted to go on and share it and um I really just want to try and yeah I want things to get back on track you know go go back to where they were you know 2018 yeah yeah pre-covid yeah that's right all right Varga thanks mate thanks for coming on the show and sharing your sideline story I appreciate it fellas It it was great cheers